0: It has been a while since I have uh, since I have preached on a Sunday here. And uh, partially, praise the Lord Pastor's been able to be here for a lot of that. That's, so that's a major blessing. Uh, and then Wednesday nights, I'm usually upstairs with the teenagers, um, And so we have Teen church upstairs. And uh, that's partially where this where this message this morning is coming from, uh, not uh, from uh, from the study that we've been doing on Wednesday nights. But it is also a little bit unique. I'm used to speaking to teenagers. Does this sound weird? No, it sounds weird to me. Now it does, because I'm touching it. Yeah, thank you. Okay, there we go. I don't know, it sounded weird. There we go. Um, I'm, I'm, very, I'm used to a very different setting, obviously. Like I said, work I with, work with teenagers the majority of, of my time, both in terms of Wednesday night teen church, Friday night youth activities, and then teaching in the school uh, Monday through Friday. And so it's a very, very unique setting. I, I get to actually talk to adults today. That's awesome. And uh, it, it is, on, on Wednesday nights and on Friday nights, though, usually I have uh, a chunk of time uh, at the beginning where we just kind of converse and I'm able to talk to the teens and we just kind of go back and forth, whether that's a part of, uh, of the plan or not. Uh, you know, I get to kind of, we get, we go back and forth a little bit and we talk about what's going on and, and uh, we sing. Obviously we did that this morning. Um, and uh, uh, so forgive me if I ramble a little bit at the beginning. Um, I'm used to not just jumping right into a message. Um, and uh, I, it's a little bit of a different, and not different message this morning, but but maybe a little bit different uh, tone than the song. The song is an uplifting, encouraging one, and not that I'm going to be, you know, casting down, um, but it's a little bit more of a challenge than it is, uh, there, it'll be followed by some encouragement and some, hopefully some, some motivation, um, but it's a little bit more of a challenging message. And uh, one, again, that was born out of the, the Bible study that we're doing on Wednesday nights with the teenagers. We have... Oh, goodness. How long have we been in that Bible study about the life of Christ? Oh, at least a year, for sure. Uh, we've been going through. So I, I got in college. I got a uh, a chronological Bible, um, which I absolutely love. It is King James, okay, um, but it rearranges the verses of Scripture a little bit so that it goes chronologically through the history of the world and the history of the writing of the Bible and everything. And so we've been going through the life of Christ chronologically, and it kind of meshes all four of the Gospels together, going through all the events of his life. And so we've been going through uh, all of that and, and of course, his, uh, his birth and, and lineage and then uh, his early life and his early ministry and miracles and parables and everything like that, and it's been—it's been a joy. I have—I I don't know if it's—I hope it's been a blessing to the teenagers. I know it's been a blessing to me. I know it's been helpful for me, and uh, so I hope it'll be a blessing to you this morning. The part that we look at from Matthew chapter ten, uh, I'm going to pray, and um, I, I've told this to the teens before, and I may have done this in here before, but uh, hopefully we are of the mindset that this is not—and this is not entertainment. Um, and whether we usually we wouldn't intentionally have that mindset coming to church, um, but sometimes that that type of that type of perspective can invade a little bit, where we are we participate a little bit, but then we want you know we we want to be spoken to, which is good, okay. But hopefully we can understand that this is a spiritual event. Uh, we're looking into the Word of God. And uh, and this is not something, this is not anything. uh, uh, The guys up here on the platform, and I know Pastor, who's probably watching right now, would would say the exact same thing. It's not because of us. It's not that we're anything special at all. But this book is special. And this book is important. And this book can change lives. And so what I'm going to do, I'm going to pray. And and I'm going to ask the Lord to use his word and to use me. But as I pray, don't just sit there and listen to me pray. I hope that you will also take the opportunity to pray and, and ask the Lord, ask the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Um, I get off on tangents all the time and I'm on a tangent right here. Um, too often we come into church and we, we expect the, uh, those that are ministering, the, the musicians and, and everybody up here, we expect those to be the ones that prepare our hearts for the message. But that's not how it's supposed to be. I, I love the song that we just heard was amazing. And uh, just just an, uh, an awesome song that can really get a hold of you spiritually. Um, but, but we shouldn't wait for a song like that to get our hearts ready for, for, to hear the word of God. That's, that's on us as individuals. Where we come in asking, before the service even starts, asking the Holy Spirit uh, to, uh, to use his word. Ask, uh, yielding ourselves to the Holy Spirit and opening ourselves up to his voice. Uh, and that's the mindset that each of us should have, no matter who the speaker is, as long as the word is being preached, that's the mindset that each of us should have. And so as I pray, I hope that you, again, take the opportunity to pray as well and ask the Lord to speak to your heart. Whatever I don't know what he has for you. I don't know what's going on in every single person's life, but I know the Lord has the answer, and I know that his word can be a help and be a blessing to you. So as I pray, I hope that you will pray as well and ask the Lord to do a work in your heart this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we we love you and we come before you, asking for your presence in this service this morning. God, uh, you've already you've already helped me and encouraged me, and and just even with the song service and 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 the special music and the fellowship, God, you've you've used it already to be a blessing to me. But God, God now as we get to the the most important part, as we look into your Word, would you would you help us, God? Would you would you speak through me and? And not let it be about me or anything, anybody else, God. But uh, but let it be about you. And God, would you would you help us? Would you walk up and down the aisles and touch hearts? Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you, that you would use me and use this passage and and this this truth to change lives this morning. God, once again, would you be with our pastor? Would you strengthen him? Would you give him uh, the help that he needs and give the doctors the answers? God, give us the help that we need this morning. Would you meet with us today? We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, again, dealing with teenagers, I, I often try to come up with a, a clever illustration or um, an anecdote or story or something like that to, um, you know, to try to draw them in and get, get their attention a little bit. Um, and uh, one of the things that I do is to, uh, this, this is partially for my own sake and Pastor jokes with me about the alliteration aspect of it and I appreciate that, it helps me remember things. But with the uh, with the uh, language that I use, I, I try to expand my own vocabulary and thereby expand the teenager's vocabulary. And so some of the words that I use uh, may not be uh, ones that they use in their everyday vocabulary and so often the guys will, like if I say, if I use a word, they'll what what does that mean? And uh, so guys don't do that today, okay? Save it, write it down, look it up later, okay? Um, but again, I, I don't really have much, I, I don't have much in terms of an opening illustration, really, or, or a story or something to draw you in. I hope that we can hopefully be, be both uh Mentally and spiritually mature enough to not need that necessarily. As we're looking into the Bible here, a little bit more of a, a study uh, of it at the beginning, and then we'll get into some practical stuff uh, towards the end. So, uh, my focus here, this this passage, like I mentioned, really caught my attention as I was going through it with the teenagers uh, on a Wednesday night it was a couple weeks ago. Um, But verse number 38 is going to be kind of our main text verse, where it's going to be centered around. Verse number 38, we read it a minute ago uh, with Brother Carson. He that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Today we're going to be talking about carrying our cross. Carrying our cross. There's a lot of messages that we can preach that are uplifting and encouraging, and, and we heard about the love of God and all of that stuff. But this one, again, is more of a challenge about carrying our cross as a Christian. And, and not necessarily talking about the burdens and, and the struggles and the trials, though there will be those in our Christian lives, okay? But making a decision that we are going to carry the cross that Christ has called us to carry. Um, first of all, let's look at the context of this, of this passage here. In, in Matthew chapter 10, if you turn back towards the beginning of the chapter, Matthew chapter 10 is uh, Christ specifically giving instructions to his disciples, to the twelve. It goes through the list. In verse number, verse number one, he called unto him, his twelve disciples. He gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out, to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases. Goes through the names of them in verses two, three, and four. And, and talks about his twelve disciples. Verse number five, these twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, go not into the way of the Gentiles and into any city of the Samaritans. Enter ye not, but rather go to the, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And, uh, and so we're not going to get into all of, the, all of the background behind that, but obviously the focus of Christ and his disciples uh, for the early part of the, the ministry here in the Gospels and in the early part of Acts was focused on the nation of Israel. And uh, so he's reminding them about that and uh, he preaching the same message that he and John the Baptist both preached. The kingdom of heaven is at hand in verse number 7. And uh, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. Freely ye have received, freely give. We talked about that in Sunday school this morning. When we receive things from, uh, and receive blessings from the Lord, we're talking about 2 Corinthians chapter one. We receive comfort from the Lord. It's not just for us to store up. Yes, we appreciate that, but then we use that blessing and go out and are able to help comfort and encourage others. We do that with the love of Christ. We do that with the gospel, all of that. Adam preached a message a couple weeks ago about being a con, or a couple months ago maybe, about being a conduit, not a reservoir, and, uh, and just a, a great thought there, and that's not the point, but again, I, I love these little truths, these little tidbits of truth that we can get in there, um, but uh, freely ye have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor brass in your purses nor script for your journey neither two coats neither shoes nor yet staves, for the workman is worthy of his meat. He's saying God's going to provide for you. God's going to take care of you. You know, When we obey the Lord, God sees that and blesses us as a result and and, uh, gives us exactly what we need. Verse number 11, And into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till ye go thence. And when ye come into a house, salute it. And if the house be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it be not worthy let your peace return to you. He's talking about just being discernment, being discerning. Uh, and, and we try to have this type of mindset. We, we, we go up zoning with the teenagers on, on Friday. We try to have a discerning mindset when we talk to people, uh, if we're trying to give them the gospel, if we're knocking on their door, and, and that we are going to seek those that, that have an open heart, uh, seek those that, and, and not to say that those that have a hard heart can't be reached, but looking for those that, that uh, the Lord is doing a work in their heart and will be uh, willing to hear the gospel. Uh, so being, being wise about the way that we approach that verse number, um, 14, whosoever shall not receive you, not hear your words, nor hear your words when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And again, another little sub, uh, tidbit here. Uh, it is not our job to force. We cannot force people to receive the gospel. We cannot force people to receive the truth of the word of God. It is up to us to share it. That's our job, it's the the Lord's job to do the work in their hearts then, and then it's their job to receive it, and their job to apply it. Let us make sure that we are doing what the Lord has called us to do, that we obey him and let them choose whether or not they're gonna obey him in receiving the word of God. It's easy sometimes to get discouraged when we uh, may not see fruit or, or we have a negative experience about sharing the gospel or sharing a testimony, sharing the word of God with somebody, but remember we're obeying the Lord. We're doing his work, and, let that, let, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Um, but let's, let's have that mindset that will be an encouragement to us saying, hey, I'm, as long as I'm obeying the Lord, I trust that the Lord is going to do his work as well and that we're going to see fruit as a result of that. Sometimes, by the way, that fruit is, is just in our own lives where I, where I uh, then develop a pattern of obedience to the Lord and I develop a closer relationship with him because of my obedience. And uh, again, not the, not the message here, but these little tidbits I love. Uh, verse number 16 Behold, I say, there's a little bit of a warning here. So we see the commission, and it's, it's alliterated. We're looking at the context right now. I don't know if I even said that. We're looking at the context right now. The first part of this is the commission of the disciples, the commission of the 12 disciples. And then we see a cautioning about the dangers Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men for they will deliver you up to the councils and will scourge you in their, in their synagogues. And, and ye should be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. But When they deliver you up, take no thought of how or what ye shall speak, for it shall be given you in that same hour what ye shall speak, for it is not ye that speak, but the spirit of your father, which, which speaketh in you. And that, again, we could talk about being yielded to the spirit of God, being right with God and allowing him to lead us and guide us. Uh, verse number 21, and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death. We read a little bit about that uh, in, in, uh, just a couple minutes ago with Brother Carson. The father the child and the children shall rise up against their parents and cause them to be put to death. You should be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth to the end shall be saved. You're right, this is not an encouragement, encouraging uh, passage right here. Oh, you're going to be hated? Your family's going to be torn apart? Great. What a blessing, Lord. Thank you for sharing us this instruction here. Yeah, like I said, it's a little bit more of a challenge. I, I don't believe, however, in, in sugarcoating what the Bible says and trying to paint a false uh, picture of what a life lived for Christ is going to be like. Of course there are blessings, and I've preached about that from behind this very pulpit. Of course, there's going to be we, we experience the love of God that we hear about, but we cannot gloss over the difficulty. We we can't. we We have to understand. Uh, we have to understand what uh, what is going to be happening. Verse number twenty three. But when they persecute you in this city, flee ye into another. For verily I say unto you, ye shall not have gone over the cities of Israel till the Son of Man be come. Uh, we see that in the book of Acts, they were persecuted, and and they did. They fled. But they didn't stop preaching. They carried the gospel with them and they continued to be a testimony. They c- continued to plant churches and to share the gospel with everybody that they met. Verse number 24, the disciple is not above his master nor the servant above his Lord. It is enough for the disciple that he be as his master and the servant as his Lord. If they have called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more shall they call them of his household? Fear them not therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed and hid that, it shall, that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. The gospel is, and the, and the word of God is not meant to be uh, just held in our own hearts. It is meant to be shared. It is meant to be given out. It is meant to be preached. It, it, it is meant to be taught. Um, verse number 28, fear not them which, are, which kill the body. We're getting there, I promise. Bear with me, okay? He's given some instructions to his disciples and vicariously to us. Uh, I hope that we will, we will understand that as well. Fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Um, we, uh, I believe it was Peter in the book of Acts that said it very, very succinctly, uh, uh, kind of summarizing that, that verse there. We ought to fear God rather than men. We ought to fear God rather than men. God is, God is my ultimate authority. Uh, you, know, you can do whatever you want to to me, but I answer to God first and foremost. And uh, um, verse number 29, Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing, and one of them shall not fall on the ground without your father, but the very hairs of your head are are all numbered? Fear ye not, therefore ye are of more value than many sparrows. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my father which is in heaven. But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my father which is in heaven. Uh, and some of that similar to Matthew chapter six, just a couple chapters ago in the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And, and we, we, we seek the Lord's will, we obey him and, and we understand then that the Lord will take care of us. And he's, he's reminding them of that, of that truth. Yes, there is, yeah, he, he went through the, the, you know, this is what you need to do. Go to the house of Israel, go to the, the nation of Israel and go preach the gospel. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he says, be careful, though. Yeah, there's, there's going to be some danger. There's going to be some difficulty. There's going to be some hard times. He mentioned the phrase sheep in the midst of wolves. Um, Beware of men and be ready to give an answer. That's also uh, another truth that he's imparted in, in other locations of the Bible. Be ready always to give an answer to any man that asketh of the faith that is in thee. And he's saying, yeah, you're going to be brought before councils. You're going to be uh, questioned about your faith. But, of course, we regard the call of God higher uh, than the fear of man. And understanding that, we then get into, uh, let me say one more thing before we get into before we get into a little bit more of the, the heart of the message here about carrying our cross. Again, we're looking at the context here. Uh, verse number 34, we read it again just a minute ago. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. This seems contradictory. Christmas was a little bit less than a month ago. And one of the main themes of Christmas is peace on earth, right? Peace on earth, goodwill to men. It was the the song that the angels sang at their announcement of his birth. But Christ here in verse 34, think not that I am come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. So not to bring any confusion into here, the truth divides. The truth separates. The truth makes a distinction. Christ is saying here, I'm not, called, I'm not coming here to unite the world under myself. I'm not coming to, to be, at this point obviously, to reign over the earth and to bring peace on earth in that sense. A sword, I believe referring to the word of God, and again, a separator, a divider. The word of God is a divider. It is a separator, the truth separates. The truth is distinct. The truth is, is one that causes division. And some of you may have experienced that in your own lives and in your families, where the truth of the word of God causes a separation in your family. And that's what he mentions here in verse number 35, for I am come to set a man at variance against his daughter and the daughter against her mother and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a man's foes shall be they of his own household. He's not saying the goal is to split up families, but he's saying if you adhere to the truth and you obey me and you follow the word of God, there may be some division. There may be some that choose not to follow the truth, that choose not to follow the word of God, and therefore there might be some separation that happens. He's letting his disciples know this. He's not trying to keep them in the dark about the difficulties that could come as a result of preaching, as a result of going and sharing the gospel. Think, Think not that I'm come to send peace on earth. I came not to send peace but a sword. When we follow Christ, there might be some division. But let's look now at at two main portions. We talk about carrying our cross. Verse number 37, he that loveth father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he that taketh not his cross and followeth after me is not worthy of me. Luke chapter 9 is a parallel passage with this. In verse number uh, 20, if you'd like to, you can turn there. Luke chapter 9, verse number 23 Luke chapter 9 verse number 23, and he said to them all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So pause there for a second. The word daily emphasizes to me that this is talking about, this is not talking about some massive trial or a burden or something like that. This is a daily, again, denial of myself. I die daily as Paul said in his in his letters. and And uh, identifying with Christ and associating with Christ and preaching Christ and living as Christ would take up his cross daily and follow me for whosoever will save his life shall lose it whosoever will lose lose his life for my sake the same shall save it for what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away and we might come back to that passage uh, in a, a, a little bit later um, but again Matthew chapter 10 if you want to go back there Look at the context of this passage. He's, he's talking to his disciples. He's giving then also, by extension, uh, instructions to us as Christians. If we want to follow Christ, you're here on a Sunday morning. All us, I, I can't see anybody's heart in this room, okay? I will assume that your presence here indicates that you desire to follow Christ. That, that's just the assumption that I'm making here. Okay, and, and if not, if you're here for other reasons, I'll let the Lord deal with you about that. That's fine. Okay, I'm glad you're here. You're here in the preaching of the word of God. That's, that's a blessing too. But I hope that we can take something from this and we can say, okay, yes, I want to serve God. I want to, I want to live a life that glorifies God. I want to live a life in surrender to God and to his will. I want to, I want to please him. So we see the context of the passage, now let's look at the cost. This is the difficult part. It wasn't difficult before, <laughs> let's look at it. It, it, takes, it takes some things to carry the cross, to pick up the cross, not, not necessarily a physical cross, although in some passages in the Bible, which we'll talk about in a little bit, we we do see that, the cost of carrying the cross. First of all, it takes some sweat. It takes some sweat, some effort if you will. In the very next chapter, Christ, in, at the very, uh, very end of the uh, chapter, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Proverbs 14, verse 23, in all labor there is profit. Even earlier in this passage, a workman, the workman, is worthy of his meat. Following Christ takes effort, it takes some work, it takes some sweat. We, we, we have to, uh, and, I, and I, again, I'll assume the best and, and, and hope that nobody has that mindset that when we surrender to Christ, when we get saved and then give our lives to Christ, that we, we don't have the mindset, hopefully, that everything's just going to be all hunky-dory, that everything's just going to go perfectly and smooth sailing and, and you know, it's going to be great, no problems, no issues, no burdens, no cares, no worries for the rest of your life. Has anybody experienced that in their life? Okay, I didn't think so. Uh, we have to understand that that's, there's, there's some effort involved. First of all, it's just life. But secondarily, as, as we stand to follow Christ, we therefore stand contrary to what the majority of the world believes and what the majority of the world follows. That takes some effort. It takes a lot more effort to swim upstream than it does to follow the, go with the flow. And that's what we as Christians are called to do. That's what carrying the cross does. It takes some, it takes some effort. Carrying the cross involves effort. It's, uh, carrying it, if you can picture Christ or the others that were crucified carrying their cross and, and carrying it down the road, it's heavy. It's heavy, it's burdensome. It's difficult at times. But, let me clarify this before I move on. It's still easier. Than the cost of sin. It's still easier. That cost of, of the effort that you have to put in to follow Christ is easier than the cost of rebellion. It's easier than the cost of rejecting Christ. Yes, there is there are some burdens. Yes, it's a struggle sometimes. Yes, it takes some effort for us to carry that cross of following Christ, but it's far greater than it's it's far lighter and far easier than the alternative cost. We, uh, we, we're, we're going to carry stuff regardless. We're, and, and we pastor mentions it all the time. We're going to go through life and there's going to be burdens and there's going to be struggles and there's going to be difficulties. And this is a weird thing to say, and, and, and hopefully you understand the context here, but carrying the cross as well makes the other burdens lighter. Carrying the cross and, and, and following Christ, if you can understand what I'm saying here, following Christ and, and choosing daily to pick up our cross and to follow Christ makes the other burdens that we have in our lives easier. I don't know about you, but I kind of pride myself, and this is a bad thing to say, talking about pride here, um, uh, priding myself in how much I can carry sometimes, mostly when I'm bringing in groceries from from the car. You open the trunk, and you know, there's like 18 bags there, and God forbid I make two trips. Absolutely not. God gave me long arms for a reason, and just load them up on there, and, uh, and, and I do my best to carry all that I can, okay, and at once. And uh, thankfully, haven't dropped anything of value yet, praise the Lord. Okay, but uh, we, we do. Sometimes we, we pride ourselves in how much we can carry, and we do that sometimes as Christians as well, where we, where we sometimes unnecessarily take things upon us that the Lord says, no. If you if you would follow me first and foremost, and carry your cross first and foremost, then everything else is going to be so much easier. Everything else, yeah. The burden might not roll off your back, but we have we we do have uh, the ability then to carry far more than we ever would without Christ. And uh, like I said, Pastor said, Pastor says all the time, I don't know how people without Christ get through their lives. I I don't know how they can they can get through the burdens and the struggles. Without without the comfort and the love and the peace of God in their lives, I, I don't understand that. But that's what carrying the cross is—it's giving your, its its allowing or causing those other burdens to become lighter. There's there's uh, I don't want to get bogged down here, so I'm I'm running out of time. But um, there's there's really one type of Christian that God cannot use. Say so God can use anybody. Yes, absolutely. But God cannot use someone who is unwilling to work, unwilling to put in the time and effort necessary to do what God has called them to do. If you're refusing to participate and to put forth the effort and the work, you're never gonna get anything done. And those of you that, that uh, you know, are out in the workforce and, and you have probably, whether you manage or whether you are a manager or some upper level or not, you have seen the effects that one, uh, one lazy worker can have on the rest of the workforce. They're not willing to pull their fair share, and 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 I'm not ta- here to talk about synergy or anything like that. I'm talking individually. But God cannot use me if I'm not willing to work. If I'm not, sometimes that is physical labor. Sometimes, sometimes that is the spiritual labor. Sometimes that's laboring in prayer. Sometimes that's in my in my uh, in my personal walk with God, my relationship with Him. Uh, sometimes that's here and, and ministering or extolling or whatever it is. If I'm not willing to put in the work and the time and the effort that God has called me to, then he can't use me. We must work. We must work. The time is short. The time is short. We don't know when we don't know when when Christ will return. But the Bible says the night cometh when no man can work. It's time for us to put aside excuses. It's time for us to put aside well, yeah, when when I get through this stage of life. When I get through this time period, you know, I, I've, I, I catch myself saying this all the time, and it's never, ever happened where I'm like, okay, I, I get through these couple weeks and everything calms down. Life does not calm down. There is never an ideal time in your life to serve the Lord, except for right now. It doesn't get easier, and I know I'm young. I know. I get it. All of you are so much busier than me. I know, okay? But from experience... Just the little bit that I have, it does not ever get easier. It does not get to a point where like, okay, all, all, everything just became easy in life. And now I can serve the Lord because all the, all the burdens are gone. And no, that doesn't happen, which is why we have to do it now. That's why we have to it, just, just bite the bullet and get into it. The Lord's waiting for you. He's got stuff for you to do. So the cost of carrying the cross, there's some sweat involved. There's some suffering involved. There's some suffering involved. The cross is literally a picture of suffering. That's that's what it is. That was the purpose of the cross, was suffering. There there will be hard times. Christ mentioned that in this passage. He talked about about the trials and the difficulty, literal trials, standing before the council and being put on trial. He talked about uh, uh, verse number 22, And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Be, being being criticized or mocked or whatever it is, Christ is very, very clear about this aspect. And I, I don't want to belabor this point because I've already mentioned several of these different things, but there's going to be some suffering involved. It's not going to be not always going to be, hopefully there will be some times of, of some, uh, some ease, some, some burdens being lifted, but it's not always going to be carefree. It's not always going to be easy, uh, smooth sailing in our lives when we carry the cross. But as I mentioned, a lot of those burdens in our lives come, in our, in, come into our lives regardless of whether we're carrying the cross or not. So when that suffering, that time of suffering comes, if we will pick up our cross, it makes the suffering easier. Christ, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. When we carry the cross, what we're saying is, I'm looking towards my Savior and looking towards the joy of pleasing my Lord. And that makes the suffering so much more bearable. It it, it allows us to have that motivation, that purpose in our lives and in our hearts. The third part of the cost of of carrying the cross is separation. I, I I mentioned it just a little bit earlier. Truth causes division. Truth causes division. There's separation involved. Those who carry the cross are set apart. You think about Christ when he was carrying the cross and the other two, the thieves with him, as they carried the cross, they went down the main stretch of road there in Jerusalem that led out to uh, to, uh, the hill where he was crucified. The streets were lined with those that were watching. Those that carry the cross were set apart. They were separated visually. They were by themselves in the road. They were the ones that were being looked at. They were the ones that were being scrutinized, if you will. There's a separation that comes with carrying the cross, there's a spiritual separation, of course, but let me, let me tell you this, that, that those that stayed in the crowd that day, and I know I, I, I'm, I'm kind of comparing two different things here. We're talking about uh, uh, making a decision to carry the cross as a Christian versus those that were compelled and forced to carry the cross to, to go to their own crucifixion. But if we as Christians choose not to pick up the cross, we stay in the crowd, if you will and nothing was accomplished in that crowd. There was was nothing that, that happened of any spiritual benefit in that crowd. Christ, however, stood out. He was separated, and he made a difference for all eternity. If we will choose to pick up our cross, if we will choose to carry our cross, we're stepping out from the crowd. We're separating ourselves and saying, okay, I believe that there is a greater purpose for my life. I believe that it's not about me. I believe that God can use that decision and and my life, however minimal I may feel it is, I believe that God can use it to make a difference for eternity. That separation that carrying the cross implies can make a difference in your life, in your family's life, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But there is separation involved. Christ says, follow me. He says, no man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. There has to be a separation there. We can't be used if we continue to be like the world. We need to separate from the world. We need to separate from our sin. We need to separate unto Christ and to a relationship with him. I just mentioned that, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If we will keep that and separate ourselves and and, and stop focusing on what the world thinks, stop focusing even on what those around us think, but focus on what Christ thinks. What does the Lord think about this decision that I'm making to carry my cross? When we separate to Christ and we have Him as our focal point, our relationship with Him as our motivator and our foundation, it allows us. It allows us to make a bigger difference than we ever could on our own. Separation. There's separation involved. There's sacrifice involved. We must be. And you say those are the same things: separation and sacrifice. We must be willing to leave some things behind. I talk about the world. Talk about sin. But separation. Again, uh, separation from our will. Verse number thirty-nine. The Bible says, he that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. He that findeth his life. I need to find my purpose. I need to find myself is a mantra of the world these days. I need to find who I am. Christ says those that, look, those that are looking for their own life, looking for their own purpose, you're wasting it. You're wasting your life. But those that are willing to lay down their lives and willing to spend their lives for my sake shall find it. There needs to be a separation from our own will. There needs to be a separation from our own desires, our own goals. And that's a difficult thing to do. That's sometimes like, this is what I think is best. Great, I'm glad we have plans. I'm glad we have some motivation. But what does the Lord want in my life? We have to separate. Sometimes that causes, or sacrifice. We need to sacrifice our own will. We need to sacrifice. Sometimes we need to sacrifice some relationships some relationships that are that are hindering some relationships maybe even sinful whatever it is there might be some relationships that need to be sacrificed and sometimes we'll have to sacrifice our own comfort the cross is not a comforting place it's not a comfortable place carrying the cross is not a comfortable thing but but again the, the cross of Christ carrying the cross should be our number one priority there's a cost involved with carrying the cross but let me get into hopefully uh, what what's I mentioned some of this stuff already, but what might offset that as as we look to some, some crowns that are involved with carrying the cross, the rewards, the blessing, the benefits that we see. First of all, we see a purpose. Verse number 39, I mentioned, he that findeth his life shall lose it. He that loseth his life for my sake shall find it. If you are willing to give your life for Christ, whether literally or figuratively where you're spending your life trying to please the Lord. And I'm not talking about, uh, I, I don't even want to get into that, but when we are willing to follow Christ with our lives, he gives us the purpose. Uh, he he talks about know, giving us the desires of our heart, changing our desires to follow him, changing our desires to fit with his will and with his word. We, have, we, are, we are given purpose. There's so many people that, that feel purposeless in this world they've given so much of their lives to to one thing or another and they still feel empty they still feel hopeless or or that they don't have a a purpose but when we follow christ when we take up our cross we are given that purpose when we work for something we believe in it is so much easier than doing it simply because we feel like we have to when we have that like this this i am all in when you when you make that decision for christ and you are all in and you're all in uh, with your relationship with him you're all in with your service for him and your love for him and love for others it makes it so much easier to do the work that is involved it makes it so much easier to, to do that but when, when when we make that decision christ gives us that purpose we we there's something more there's something much greater than our own will and our own desires but we can rec- we receive a purpose when we when we surrender, when we carry the cross, when we take up that cross on a daily basis. Secondly, a crown that we can receive is is just a relationship with God, not that we uh, not that that's when we receive it, but a growing relationship with the Lord. A growing relationship with the Lord. this this is possibly the best reward, the best crown that we can receive. The best benefit or blessing is a deeper, closer relationship with the Lord. And, and teenagers, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there, I don't think there's a Wednesday or a Friday that goes by, maybe even Sunday school that goes by, where we don't talk about the importance of our relationship with the Lord, because that's the very foundation. And I'm going to do it one more tangent here just for a minute, okay, an illustration that I use with the teenagers, and, and I know the majority of you in this room are beyond that stage of life, but I think it's important for us to understand when, when you're a kid, especially if you grew up in church, okay. well, let me ask this, how many of you, uh, you would say a decent portion of your, kid, your childhood and adult life, or childhood and teenage life, you you were in church? Okay, about half, maybe. Um, a decent amount of you. How many of you that did not raise your hand would say my kids are in that stage, where you did not necessarily grow up in church, but but my kids are growing up in church? Several more, good, okay. So this is an illustration that I gave with the teenagers. When you grow up in church, and and especially if you're you're part of the Christian school as well, that's not a plug for the Christian school, and just identifying a a situation here, okay? Though you should, okay. Um, When you grow up in church, you have all these all these supports around you. You have your parents most of the time that are there supporting you. You have a Sunday school teacher. You have junior church teachers and workers. You have a pastor, you get old, you have a youth pastor. you have the Christian school teachers that are all there supporting you. and I'm all for supporting our young people. But I'm talking about supporting in terms of propping up, okay? And, and I believe we should give them every opportunity to, to, and, and every support that they need to have that relationship with God. But there has to be a decision in each individual's life as they grow up, in church and in the Christian school and in the youth group to have a more sure foundation to have a support that that is that is greater far greater than anything that any, than anything that a, that a parent could provide anything that a youth pastor or a Sunday school teacher could provide because when you get older and you graduate and some of you that are recently removed from this may identify with this and may understand what I'm trying to say here When you leave the youth group, especially, there's a significant pulling away of those supports. You don't have the Christian school anymore. You don't have chapel a couple times a week. You don't have the youth group and Friday night activities and youth rallies and camp and and youth conferences. All those supports are being pulled out. All those things that were holding you up spiritually are being pulled out from under you. Hopefully your parents are still there, okay? Okay. Hopefully there's still that. Hopefully you still come to Sunday school and can be a part of that and come to church and all that. But, but a lot, a lot, the majority of those supports in your life at that point in time are being pulled away from you. And so the reason that I am, that I, especially with the teenagers, the reason that I am so forceful and intentional about talking about our walk with God is because that right now is the time, while you're being supported, now is the time to build up that central foundation, that pillar of your Christian life. And that unfortunately is the reason why we see so many people walking away from God and walking away from church is because they were being propped up by all these other spiritual spiritual uh, influences, which is a good thing, but they missed out on the main foundation. They missed out on that personal relationship with God. And when all those supports are removed, it's revealed, do you have that foundation in your walk with God? And so I don't, I don't know where you're at, and I don't know if that applies to you or not, but that's an illustration that I use with the teenagers, and hopefully that helps us visualize where we should be and the importance of building that relationship with God so that when those other supports are removed, we can still stand firm as a Christian, and we can still stay faithful to Christ. Let me move on here. Our rock with God is the foundation of everything else. That's important. And so a, a blessing, a benefit, a crown, a reward that we receive from carrying our cross is our relation, a, a deeper, growing relationship with Christ. Earthly influence is another one. This is, you, can, you can be influential in this world if you will carry your cross. God can use you to help others. He can use you to share the gospel. He can use you to lift up his name. Look at verse 41 and 42. He that receiveth a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. He that receiveth a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. Whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple. Verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward we can be a blessing to those around us. Not with the goal, not with the goal of receiving rewards or the goal of, of attention, but hopefully with the goal of, no, this is what Christ would do. This person needs help, what would Christ, we, we, you know, uh, the, the famous book In His Steps asked the question, what would Jesus do? And, and though I think the, the WWJD bracelets may have tarnished that phrase, I think that mindset is something that all of us could benefit from applying to our own lives. What would Jesus do in this situation? How would he act? We're supposed to be Christians. We're supposed to be followers of Christ. Let's model that behavior. Let's do what Christ would do. Too many people nowadays are are being lifted up for the most meaningless things nowadays. Let us lift up the only one who is worthy of being lifted up. That is where we can have an influence in this world. He is the one that can influence the world. Not because of me. It's not because I picked up my cross, therefore I'm going to influence the world. No, I'm picking up my cross so that I can lift up Christ. The cross literally lifted up Christ. Let us, as we pick up the cross, lift him up as well. That is how we are going to influence our world. And then verse 42 mentions the last one here, heavenly blessings as well. Earthly influence, we also receive heavenly blessings. And whosoever shall give to drink unto one of these little ones a cup of cold water only in the name of a disciple, verily I say unto you, he shall in no wise lose his reward. I know I'm talking fast. We see, see, yes, we can have influence on this earth. We can have influence as a Sunday school teacher. We can have influence as someone that prays for for our family and for our friends and for for our fellow church members. We can have an earthly influence in that way, but we receive heavenly rewards and heavenly blessings as well. The smallest things that are done to serve the Lord are not overlooked. How much more than a life given and devoted to serving and loving our Lord? Our goal should be to to love and serve God, love and serve others. Our our, our goal should not be the rewards. Our goal should be the Lord. The best heavenly reward that we can receive is well done, thou good and faithful servant. And one reward that I didn't have written down, but that I do want to mention is the influence that it can have on your family. When you carry your cross, it can influence your family. Um, We talk about literally carrying the cross of Christ. There was a man in the book of Mark, um, chapter 15, that was compelled to carry the cross of Christ, essentially forced to carry the cross of Christ. In the book of Mark, it calls him Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus. That's literally how it describes him in the book of Mark. He literally carried the cross of Christ. Mark, who was Mark written primarily to? Do you guys know? you guys know? Romans. Roman Christians, essentially. But so if we look in the book of Romans, chapter 16, The end of the book of Romans, usually filled with greetings at the end of letters. One of the people that was greeted was a man named Rufus. Mark was written to Roman Christians, mentions Rufus. The book of Romans talks about Rufus. His father, I believe, was the one that carried the cross of Christ. I don't know their whole history and their whole background of of where they were spiritually before then. But I have to imagine that that significant event in his father's life made an imprint on him where he decided I saw my dad carry the cross of Christ and it affected him for the rest of his life. And I'm I'm not far into this parenting thing and so I'm saying this for my own benefit. I'm saying this as a challenge to myself that I want to carry the cross of Christ for the influence that it can have on my kids. And I, I don't know, they, they're going to make their own decisions, yes, but God forbid I be the reason that they choose to walk away. God forbid that my poor example or my, my you know, uh, a hypocrisy in living one way at church and one way at home, God forbid that that be the reason that they, that they, that they want nothing to do with the Lord, that they want nothing to do with the Bible. I want, and I'm, I don't know where you're at, but I know for me that I want to be that Simon that carries the cross if for nothing else, yes for, my own, yes, for rewards in heaven, yes, to lift up the Lord, but for my kids so that they can see an example of, of a dad who loves the Lord and a dad who wants to lift up Christ and a dad who wants to do what the Lord wants. And if they can see that example and if they can see the love that I have for the Lord, maybe, just maybe, it might influence them to make that same decision someday, to pick up their cross and to make that decision to follow Christ. Now I, I don't know where you're at. I don't know what part of this uh, you needed. I don't know what, what you know what situation is going on in your life. I, I don't know what part of carrying the cross needs to be worked on. The, the, the effort involved, the sweat, the suffering, do we need to endure that hardship? The separation, do we need to get closer to God or, or and, and make sure that there's a difference in our life, the sacrifices or something that you need to give up to get closer to Christ? I, I, don't, I don't know what it is. But are you willing to carry your cross? Are you, are you willing daily to say, I am going to carry that cross. I'm going to follow Christ today. I'm going to do my best to please the Lord today. Every single day, pick up, carry his cross daily, it says in the book of Luke. Yes, there's a cost. Yes, it's challenging. It's difficult sometimes. But the rewards and the blessings and the benefit, our relationship with Christ, our, our family, all of that far outweighs any cost involved. The influence that we can have on those around us, the sharing of the gospel to our community and around the world. When we choose to follow Christ, we, we make an, an impact for eternity. Let's pick up our cross, let's carry our cross and follow Christ today. Heavenly Father,